Heat in my vein like vernacular Cook up the beat with a spatula Y'all are not ready for action I'm smoking these rappers and feeling spectacular Making a killer like massacre Watch out, I'm whipping my wrist Right on my city, been pissed But I show I'm love I'm not the one that's at risk My homie told me that when people rise up against you What's the sign of your destiny real? What's up, Internet? Welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns Podcast. We actually have a new name that we're going with, which is Fantasy Unicorns Fantasy Basketball. It's still the same podcast. Uh, but just with a slightly different name. And uh, again, we are a fantasy basketball podcast with a focus on dynasty leagues. My name is Kevin. You can find me at Kevin So. Uh, you can find all of our articles at fantasyunicorns.wordpress.com. And I'll throw it to Starks. Hi, yes, it's Starks here. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. Uh, you can actually find me at Starks underscore industry. I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar, and, you know, moving forward, this is a good night with basketball. With that being said, I'm ready to take people on for a ride, Kevin. Right, and before we get started, I just want to mention again that we are uh, proud to be part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Uh, it's a great group of podcasts uh, that it's been uh, really nice working with so far, so definitely go and check out their, uh, their podcast when you have a chance. All right, so... First section, we were going to touch on some news, and sort of the biggest news uh, in the NBA right now is what's been going on in D.C., um, near my hometown, and uh, the Washington Wizards. So I'll just throw to you, Starks, and kind of get your breakdown of, of what you think's going on and what happened and, and your take on it. Yeah, I mean, before we get to that, that's, it's probably, you know, shame on you for what happened to the last episode when you were kind of talking about Miles Turner. So it kind of came in full circle against you, against your team. Oh, this is my fault. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to put that on you. So, yeah, the Wizards um, in general, this is a, a very interesting situation that I, I honestly don't believe it's getting enough talk at this time. I mean, it happened today, but it's a little bit lower than obviously Golden State. But anyways, jumping into it, you got John Wall <clears throat> that's uh, from another source that had said, you know, he called his coach out during practice, told him, you know, drop the F-bomb on his coach. For me, that's something that is an automatic no-no. You can't do that to the coach. I mean, that's like the ultimate disrespect. And, I mean, honestly, NBA players right now are on that, you know, high – I wouldn't even say high horse, but it's almost like NBA players – nowadays in this present time in the NBA have more control than coaches and this is an unfortunate thing and I know uh Bradley Bill had mentioned you can correct me if I'm wrong here Kevin I know he had said subliminal message almost through to wall like it's been like this for seven years and from my understanding you know he's been there for seven years together you know yeah yeah that's true I, you know there's always been some some underlying issues between the two and they, they've made it work more or less but you know, there's always been rumors and, and you could sense some tension sometimes, but you you know, you kind of expect that between two sort of uh, big time star players on the same team on occasion. Um, but I guess it's really kind of coming, uh, coming out now. And so, you know, with all of, all of this news and everything, uh, the Wizards have kind of made it known that anyone on the team is available for trade. Oof. So that opens up a lot of possibilities, uh, a lot of competing teams. Uh, maybe looking to capitalize on that. Um, the Wizards are not really in a great place for negotiating either. Um, you know, they 
all their three, their big three. You got Wall, Beal, and and Otto Porter. They're all on not good contracts, uh, especially uh, Wall and Porter. Yeah. Wall's contract is going to be um, out of control um, very soon, and his value is kind of at an all time low. So it's a really bad position that the Wizards are in. Are in. And honestly, I don't see how they could really move him um, unless it's they're taking back a ton of bad contracts to get uh, yeah. to get him out of there. Yeah, absolutely. And and just, you know, moving forward on that on top of that, <clears throat> excuse me. So like trade rumors being involved in that, you know, saying everybody's available, like you said, you know, this kind of stems to, you know, how the, the, the value of each player could be, you know, if everybody's for sale on that team, you don't know who would, you know, basically last. So Bradley Bill, if he was alone there, I mean, he did really – he did good. I mean, he didn't do too much better when Wall was absent. But, I mean, essentially, if you put him on a different team, I think he just needs a – you know, I hate to say this to you, I mean, because it's your team, but, you know, I, I like to see him in a different uniform. I believe he, if he's on a different team, he would do a little bit more than what he's doing in Washington just because, you know, the situation he's been in with Wall, you know, we don't know exactly how they're – relationship has been it obviously hasn't been the best there but as far as you know uh fantasy value for each player it depends on where they land you know we can't just say they'll be better or worse but i think bill in particular could be a little bit better somewhere he could be i I do think that he and john wall even though they may have their own personal issues actually work really well together um Mm -hmm. on the court they kind of complement each other's skills pretty well but it's true. You know, he's probably the most movable asset, too. So um, I could see something happening with that. I just, of the three, I personally would rather the Wizards keep Beal and try to build around him. Um, I agree. But they they may not have that luxury if they have to blow this team up. So, you know, with that, I, if either Wall or Porter were to go, uh, that might open up some opportunity for guys like Kelly Oubre right. um, and even someone like Tomas Sadaransky. Uh, in yeah. deeper leagues, who actually had a pretty good run last year when Wall was hurt. Uh, it was during all that time when, uh, with the Gortat comments, uh, they were saying how they're they're playing a good like a good team victory that sort of thing when Wall was out. Um, so he actually has some some solid skills. You know, he would be you know an okay starter, not really uh, you know not one of the better starters at, in the league at, at point, but he would be a you know reasonable starter and. And for fantasy teams, especially deeper leagues, he would be worth um, looking into. Uh, and like I said, Kelly Oubre would obviously pick up a lot of slack if uh, Otto Porter were, were out of the situation. So, and a lot of it also depends on who they bring back in a trade. So True. there's a lot of uh, pieces, moving pieces there that they'd have to consider. Right. And you being a Wizards fan and also a writer to them, essentially, my, my question is to you because I, I really want to know – Otto Porter, how come, you know, even when Wall's been out or Bill's been, you know, out, how come his usage rate has never been, you know, it it doesn't typically bump up when they're absent or in general when they're on the floor. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah, that's always a question in D.C. And and I think you lay part of the blame on him. You know, Mm -hmm. he's he's not the type of player who's demanding the ball. You know, he's on offense. He's generally a spot up shooter. So he's trying to get open. And he's trying to get that corner three. Um, so, you know, he's not really like a, a guy that scores off the dribble or creates his own offense. So a lot of it's kind of up to, you know, the distributors and Wall and Beal 
uh, on how he gets the ball. Um, and then the other part is also has to go to Scott Brooks. You know, he takes a lot of the blame too, because he's yeah. obviously not running plays for, for Otto and it makes no sense because he's probably their best three point shooter on the team. Uh, and one of the best in the league. So you need to get someone with that elite skill, the ball more often, it just, it makes sense. And that, you know, he was getting kind of grilled about it by uh, the DC media and, you know, his comment was basically, well, I don't need to get open. And that's not really an acceptable answer to me for, from an NBA coach So you need to figure out how to get him open. If he's having trouble, like you can't just lay it all on the player and just say, Oh, go get open. And if you don't, then you'll get the ball. You need to figure out some strategy and figure out how to, to, you know, improve that situation. So he definitely deserves a lot of blame. And I, I, I give part of it to Otto. I'd, give more of the blame to Scott Brooks though. Yeah. I mean, also on top of that, the last, you know, it's almost forgettable that Scott Brooks was uh, a coach for my team, Oklahoma city. And uh, I think after he benched Russell Westbrook in the playoff game and Russell kind of put that fear in him, you know, he hasn't been the same coach ever since then, you know, he's been pretty much on a decline. So moving right along here, um, we had uh, players that's actually dropped 50 point games, uh, Kimba and Braun and, uh, you know, I'm actually going to pass you the ball on, you know, your thoughts on Braun right now. Sure. Well, I mean, Braun's been interesting. You know, he's being LeBron. You know, he, he got his 51 last night. You know, it's just a reminder he's still in the league. He's still the guy. He's you know obviously been not having as good of a season. His team hasn't been playing as well. But he's still, in my opinion, he's still the best player, uh, best basketball player in the world. So um, that's to be expected. He's going to have little outbursts like that. Um, but the guy I really kind of want to talk about was Kemba who actually, <laughs> he got 60, right? It wasn't even 50. Um, yeah. And he, uh, you know, he's having a, his best season by far so far. Um, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I think it was about two weeks ago, maybe when uh, we had a, a, a rash of uh, a few other 50 point games. And uh, I asked for predictions on uh, who was going to get the next one. And I said, Kemba. So, I will pat myself on the back for that uh, prediction a little bit and right. uh, well, feel good about myself. Right. I, actually, I won't actually pat you on the back because he scored 60 and scored 50. So, you know, you can take that. But even better. Straight. Even better. <laughs> right. Shows how smart I am. Right. Exactly. No, but you did. You definitely called that, man. That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, let me at least say this about, you know, the situation with them, too. You know, obviously, Braun. he could go out there and score as many points as he wants. Typically, I mean, if he really wanted to. You know, he's in the part of his career now that he still wants to see the ball to the players in the Lakers. But um, right now, you know, Lakers is like, oh, you know, we got to win some games. So uh, that's when he wants to take it in LeBron mode and win games, you know. But he wants to give the opportunity to the younger uh, players on the team to help him out so he doesn't have to carry this load. You know, this stems back in Cleveland. You know, this is why he left Cleveland, you know, years ago. As far as Kemba Walker is concerned, you know, this is a huge break. He's having a career year. Um, right now and um, what I definitely want to mention about uh, Kimba in particular is it's funny because uh, you know this year as you know Kevin would know I traded for Kimba in both of the important leagues this year before the season started and um, you know I have to just call it out in a regular redraft league in a dynasty league um, you know coaches you have to you know keep in mind when it comes to dynasty you want to make sure that you just don't all go, you know, you go fully young on players. You definitely want to 
swing for upside, but you also need producers. Kimball Walker is a, a solid producer. He's still in his prime. But at the same time, you know, I didn't expect him to have a career year like this. But with that being said, you know, he's still going to be a good player. And then sometimes, you know, once you get a producer, it's still at a decent, you know, a, a good prime age. They can actually still do better. So this is a, a year that, honestly, you know, this dynasty league that we're in with me and Kevin, uh, you know, Dennis and Jesse, you know, I, unfortunately for them, they're got to look at my team and be distraught for the rest of this year in the dynasty <laughs> league. <laughs> so, it's true. You know, it's true. He doesn't lie. Right. So with that being said, you know, uh, to the guy, I can't remember who I traded with. You know, I'm, I'm, I apologize. It, it looks like you might have t- taken a ride from me. So, you know, moving right along, um, we're, we're dynasty driven, you know, to the next session. This is dynasty one-on-one. And I want Kevin to actually touch upon the, the lottery. Right. Um, so this was something that I don't take credit for this idea. This is in one of the 30 team leagues I'm in. And I saw when they did it, it added a component of fun that was normally kind of missing um, during this time of the year. So when the NBA lottery is happening, um, you know, you might check it out. You might just check your phone later to see what the order was. Um, but you're not really tracking it that hard unless one of your teams really has a good chance maybe at the one of the top spots. Um, and so what this league does, and this is something that I would definitely recommend because um, it just brings more fun to your league during a really sort of down part of the this, this season when, you know, there's not any other, uh, you know, uh, fantasy stuff to, to really focus on. So you basically, uh, you know, the, 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 sorry, the lottery is 14 teams deep. So um, what you do is you take uh, the 14 worst teams in the league, uh, assuming you have at least 14 teams in your dynasty league. Um, and you basically assign them their, the corresponding team in the draft. So you give the worst team in your, in your league, the, the same, they, they basically become the team with the highest percentage to win the lottery. So um, mm-hmm. depending on who that was, you know, if it was Atlanta or something like that, then they would just follow Atlanta. Um, right. And so when the draft happens, however Atlanta did in the lottery, that's the pick they got. So if Atlanta was supposed to get the first pick and they got dropped to the fourth pick, well, guess what? Your team, who was the worst team in the league, now has the fourth pick. Um, mm-hmm. So it takes... Uh, having to actually do some sort of computer-generated lottery, um, you know, out of the hands of the commissioner and just gives them less, one less thing they have to worry about. And also just makes it a fun thing to do that kind of corresponds to the actual NBA, gives you something to watch and, you know, watch what happens with the real NBA, but also watch what happens within your fantasy league. Uh, and, you know, if you're one of those teams that's in the lottery, then it gives you a chance to really, you know, kind of have the excitement of of seeing where your pick gets picked in the lottery so that's just something i would suggest uh trying to incorporate into your dynasty leagues as sort of a a fun little thing after the season's over and um you know uh, do you have any thoughts on that starks what do you think yeah i'm i mean i absolutely agree with you i mean we we did that in our dynasty league um that actually set up like a, a lottery type um ping pong balls per se for the bottom teams uh and i believe you got first didn't you uh, I got second. Did you get the first yeah. pick? You had second pick? Okay, yeah. so you were set up in a good spot. You know, although you finished second to me, you know, that year, I mean, you still had a good pick. Oh, I wonder why, because you, you did your mutual beneficial trades to get that, I'm assuming, right? That's so, so, So with that being said, um, 
one thing that I was going to actually ask you and, and turn it around upon, well, let me at least say this, that if you do a lottery draft, at least my opinion, I'll, we'll see what Kevin thinks about this, to make sure that your league is um, playing consistently, don't, you know, don't let them tank, you know, make sure that you're, it's unfortunate you the, to police um, but you know, if someone is not starting their players and stuff of that nature, you, you kind of like, well, should that person still get that, like a possible top lottery pick because they're not starting their players? You know what I mean? So for me, you know, for at least our league that I'm running right now, you know, it's a three strike rule, um, as far as, you know, if their players are starting or not, you know, so to get three strikes, I mean, I, I believe that's more than enough, um, warnings and, and opportunities to, you know, basically get back into it. And, and the three strike rule for our league is if you don't start your players, you get the, th- you pass the three strikes, then you would lose the top three picks. So you would move down a few spots. And then if you, if you continue to do another three strikes, then, you know, the chances of you losing your pick altogether in the first round, but wanted to pass you the ball and what you think as far as tanking goes, how would you operate that? Kevin? Well, yeah. I mean, well, first you're, you're, um, way of policing that it makes sense because you want competitive teams um and so that that's a definitely an incentive to keep playing because you want to make sure that uh you don't lose any um standing in the, in the lottery and then as far as tanking is concerned if you go with the method that i described where you follow the actual nba lottery to decide your own lottery um it, tanking is going to be a little bit harder moving forward because yeah. they're changing the percentages after next after next season i think um, right. So no longer will the the, the worst team get twenty five percent chance of of getting the first pick. I think it goes down to like sixteen or seventeen percent. So it kind of wow. evens out a little bit at the bottom to kind of discourage right. that that really hard tanking. So um, you know it, it's not something that I hope to ever do, but I can understand. You know we we've gone over this before, where obviously you, you know our approach is win now, but that's not always going to be an option for everybody. Right. And so sometimes you do have to blow it up. Hence, you know, like the wizards, you know, if, if my wizards <laughs> have to blow it up and they Oof. look like the Hawks next year, then that's what they got to do. And, you know, I can understand why you need to do it. You need, you need to, you know, things get stale. It's not working. You right. know, you got, you got to, you got to blow it up and, and, and try again for a few years down the road. And if you're one of those teams that's not doing well and you have some good assets, you know, I could understand trying to see what you can get value wise and get draft picks or get young prospects and, and trying to rebuild that way. So, you know, hopefully it's not something that I have to, to do anytime soon, but again, I can understand, you know, the reasoning behind it, you know, depending on your circumstance. Right. And let me jump in real quick on top of that. You know, it's not, it's not that me and Kevin is, is for, you know, winning now, but we're not against people going young. So we want to make that clear. So if you do, you know, if you're depending on your situation in the team, that's how I always look at it. If if me and Kevin's team is probably all young, I'm not saying that's that we're going to do that. But if we somehow jumped into a league that, you know, that's something I also would say before I get into that. If you just jump into a league um, that someone you took over a team, to be honest, that's credit to you for you to take over a team in itself, because, you know, traditionally you obviously want to start your own team. But if you were a nice enough uh, GM, to join someone's league and you replace their team and their team is pretty bad and they have a whole bunch of young players, then that's different. You know, you're okay to like try to go for lottery ticket picks. That's different. But you know, if you want to still go that route, even in the beginning, 
that's all for you. But like we, you know, we're preaching to you guys to tell you that if you start from the, the bottom and it, from ground up and you want to do that from the beginning, it's going to be hard for you in the long run. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's our, our uh, little draft or dynasty discussion there. And uh, we'll move on to the next section here. Um, and this is a game that we've played before. And I like, I like to throw these at Stark because I'm just kind of curious about his takes on these guys and see where his head's at. Because these are some guys where if someone were to, were to ask me, I would definitely have to, to stop and think about it for a second. So who would you rather roster, Starks? Kemba Walker or De'Aaron Fox? And keep in mind, this is for a dynasty league purpose. So you have a dynasty league um, and you have the option of either having Kemba Walker or De'Aaron Fox. Who do you roster? Um, I, I like how um, Fox is playing this year. Um, there's a lot of upside going you know, for his side just because of what he's doing this year. I would still to choose Kemba Walker. Um, you know, he's having a career year. I know he's not as young as uh, Fox is, but still, you know, my mindset is three years, and I, I believe Kemba Walker is going to be strong for the next three years. I agree. Uh, Kemba's 28. So he's right, he's kind of maybe at the tail end of his prime, but I agree, he's got at least another two or three years of elite um, game. Now, I do think he will regress a little bit. I think right now yeah. he's in the top, like, six or something like that in yeah. fantasy. There's, Go ahead. Yeah, him be, him being in the top five, six is, to me, I'm not going to say it's it's sustainable, but it's hard to believe it'll be sustainable right. all season. Yeah, sorry, not, I'm, I'm, I was incorrect. He's, he's number eight, so still, that's that's okay. way above where he was getting drafted. You know, I have him right. sort of as a maybe top 20-ish player. So, yeah, yeah. still, that's when you think about what De'Aaron Fox's ceiling might be, you you know, you'd be lucky if he gets to, to 20 in the next year or two, whereas that's where Kemba is already. So, uh, yeah. I'll move on, and uh, I guess we'll agree on that one. So, next one is uh, Nikola Vucevic or Jarrett Allen. Okay, so for this one, I really like Vucevic a lot just in general, but I'm going to have to say for Dynasty, because we're Dynasty-driven, I'm going to go with Jared Allen. There's too much upside here, uh, upside play, and he's already playing good this year. Uh, you know, what he's providing as far as the blocks, he can even sneak a three-pointer here and there, field goal percentage, you know. He's the meat and potatoes, guys, but he gets blocks. Vucevic, I mean, he's been great. He's super underrated. He'll also give you assists. Now, when Jared Allen starts getting assists, I guess for me, I have a heart for big men that get assists along with other stats. Um, he may his blocks his block rate is not bad, but it's not going to be a Jared Allen block rate. Uh, Jared Allen is still young, a lot younger than Vooch, and um, I'm taking Jared Allen in this. Okay, what about you? I, I'm I'm gonna go against you on this one, and I like okay. I like both players a lot too. Uh, I like uh-huh. Jared Allen's upside a lot. I think I had him number two in our big young big man discussion from from a previous episode. But, um, uh, you know, right now Vucevic is ninth in the league, so right after Kemba. And he really is just – he's obviously having a career year so far. Um, uh-huh. And so we maybe don't expect that to, to maintain. But he's doing everything. Well, he's averaging uh, a triple one, which, you know, how many centers do that? Um, uh-huh. You know, he's averaging 20 points, almost 11 boards, 3.6 assists. Uh, and he's shooting 55.6 from the field and 81.3% from the line. So he's really helping you out in every category. Um, and I just, I think sort of like we said with Kemba, he's got, uh, 
you know, that top 20, 25 potential over the next couple of seasons. Uh, he does have the trade stuff over his head. So you, you got to keep that in mind that when o- Orlando decides, okay, now we want to go with Bamba, you know, one, he could lose minutes right there, or they could just move him to another team where he's not going to have the same opportunity. So that is a, a little bit of a risk. Um, but right. I just, I think whatever team gets him in the future, it's just, he's so productive and he's, he's so good mm-hmm. when he's on the court. You, you know, you'd have to really, you know, I feel like they'd have to still play him, you know, a fair amount. So for me, um, if I'm especially in a win now situation, I, you know, I want, I want to go with Vooch. Okay. And, and let me ask you this. So that, cause you, you brought a good point that I, I, I actually forgot to mention. So what is the likelihood of him actually being traded from Orlando? Cause it seems like it's going to, it's going to Yeah. I mean, that was probably being rumored, you know, from last year too. So right. maybe true. they just decide to keep him. You know, he could be a guy that Steve Clifford just really likes. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, when I've seen him play, when I've watched any Orlando games this season, he's always been the best player on that team. So whether they think, you know, maybe he can help teach Bamba a little bit, um, uh-huh. work with Jonathan Isaac, work with Aaron Gordon, kind of help those young guys. Um, but, you know, he's he just looks like the best player on that team. And so, um, you know, I, obviously he doesn't have the same athletic upside and the same defensive potential as those other guys. But, you know, he's definitely just an effective player on the court. And so it's kind of hard to argue with that. Right. And last question I'm going to ask you on top of that. Who do you think is going to promote more trade value in a dynasty league if you offer to trade with one of them? Who would who would you think you would get more for? Oh, probably. I mean, probably Jared Allen. Again, this is coming back to our whole discussion of the the young potential versus already producing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, people love, the, you know, it, it, it's funny because I traded for Vucevic in a 30 team dynasty league. I um, I had Clint Capella. And I was able to get uh, Vooch and then two future first round picks for Capella. So, mm-hmm. and I was, I was no longer, I, I was originally planning to punt free throws. And once I decided not to, I realized, okay, I got to move Clint and get something else. And, and the, the, the Vucevic and two first round picks offer came through and that's what I went with. And so that shows, you know, again, Capella is a great talent, you know, he's, he's doing well, but He's not top 10 in the league fantasy-wise, and I got two first-round picks on top of that. Awesome. So, actually, I'm going to get you this time. So, uh, Josh Richardson versus Dippo, which one do you take for Dynasty? See, this was a tough one. I was hoping you you were going to answer this one first. (laughs) got Um, got caught. Yeah, you got caught, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I know – I think I know where you're going to go, so I'm going to go the other way, and I'm I'm going to go with Josh Richardson. Are you – Wait, are you sure? I, I think so. I think I think that's what I'm gonna do. So okay. Um, well, what? They're Go both ahead. really good players. I mean, they're both 20 point um, scorers. They're both guys that are are gonna get you good defensive counting stats. Um, you know, I think Josh Richardson's averaging a lot of threes right now. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. He's uh, what is he doing? He's averaging almost three threes a game. You know, he's he's ranked 29 in fantasy uh-huh. this season. So, you know, that's I, – I think he has more upside on top of this. This is kind of his first season as being the guy on a team. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 20 points, four rebounds, 3.3 assists, a steal, almost a block, uh, 44.5% from the field, 879 from the line. Um, you know, he's he's got more room to grow. 
too. So I think, you know, for me, it's close. Because I do, I do like Oladipo, too. Um, he obviously hasn't been having the season that I think a lot of people were expecting. Uh, but we, I think we talked about that some in a previous episode where just that steal rate that he, he had last year was just – there was no way he was going to be able to maintain that. And that yeah. was what kind of contributed to that really sky-high ranking that he had. Um, yeah. But it's close, but I will go with um, Josh Richardson. What about you? All right. So, I mean – I love Josh Richardson, man. I, I love how um, Dra- Dragon. I mean, I know he's been Dragon. He's been having an issue as far as you know injuries and his, his age is starting to creep up on him. Um, Josh Richardson has finally taken the just about the. Well, I'm just gonna say he's taking the keys in Miami, and uh, you know that's one of the things I believe that uh, what Jim. It was it was almost the part of the Jimmy Butler trade that the possible trade that could have went down, but I believe Miami was trying to hold that back. And I don't blame him. Josh Richardson, I like what he does, man. He is a player that can get you steals and blocks. You know, point eight, he's almost averaging a block for a guard, an off position um, for a big, you know, for actually him being a guard. So me going back and forth, you know, you already knew I was going to pick Victor Oladipo. Yet this year, I mean, he wasn't going to repeat the numbers he did last year. Like, I, it was given. He was always going to be a top 20, top 25 player in my eyes. He just had a a really good year, but you know, what's kind of not, you know, kind of um, down in his play this year, you know, uh, Kevin had touched upon his steal, his steal rates a little bit lower. I mean, that was expected, but another thing that sticks out to me is his free throw percentage. It's not close to what it was last year. He's shooting at point 71 this year with four attempts this year. So, you know, that'll hopefully that, you know, picks up a tick a little bit. So he'll, he'll bump up a little bit for, for in, in that uh, stature. But I believe, um, Victor Oladipo, I, I would have to take him still. Okay, yeah. Even, no. though, I, even though I still love Josh Richardson. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think that free throw will, will come back up a little bit. It, it's definitely one of the bigger drags on his his um, his fantasy ranking. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I think, that, you know, they're, they're both, like I said, really good, young, up-and-coming players, you know, sort of, uh, the, you know, in the next crop of, of superstars potentially in the league. Um, and the one thing, and I'll, I'll throw this out as kind of my secret weapon for why maybe what put it over the edge for me for Josh Richardson is that in a lot of um, leagues, he actually has three positional categories. So you yeah. could actually put him in at point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. And that's, that, that's a little bit of edge that I like to, to do with my fantasy teams is find guys that give you – more than one uh, position option because that gives you a lot more flexibility in your lineups and potentially uh, more games played during the week. So to me, that's a little bit of an underrated thing to consider. Um, but And it was something that just maybe put it a little bit over the top for me to go with uh, Josh Richardson. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand. Th- that one, to me, that can go either way. I'd, I'd be okay with having either one, honestly, in the dynasty. Okay. So All right. We'll, the next one, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper into the league because I feel like we're hitting all these really uh, top guys. So Bobby Portis or Dario Saric? <laughs> Crazy eye uh, Portis, huh? <laughs> right, so, right. So uh, um, I won't have so much to say about this, but I, I would take um, I would take Dario Saric um, just because, you know, Minnesota, as we know, you know, it's a Thibodeau team, you know, you got it's just about what about that time when he'll get released and fired, you know, Thibodeau. I, I can't even – Minnesota, man, 
I, I don't even know how to take them. But to start Todd Gibson in that spot, it's not going to last long. And Dario's probably going to soak up more minutes as he, you know, starts. Um, crazy Eyes, marketing has been out. So, you know, that's kind of given him the time to shine a little bit this year. But I'm not really impressed. So, you know, essentially, I'm just going to take Dario in the Dynasty League. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, and, and to be fair, Portis has been hurt, too. So he he's only been able to play four games so far this season. But these are both guys that are probably not standard league relevant. But, you know, in Dynasty Leagues, which tend to be deeper, um, you know, these are both lo- kind of lower-end big men. Um, you know, both solid on points and boards. Um but, uh, you know, I do like uh, Dario's potential for three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, right there might kind of put him over the edge for me a little bit. You know, um, neither of them are really great at the, the stocks. You know, they're, they're not the, the highest field goal percentage guys either. So, you know, they're always going to be kind of limited in what they uh, bring to the table. But, you know, points and boards are solid for both. And like I said, I think the threes potential, if uh, hopefully – uh, Shar starts getting to, you know, maybe start down the road. Uh, I could see him improving and becoming maybe sort of tail end, um, uh, fan, uh, standard league relevant, maybe getting into like the, you know, like the 120s or the, the low 100s as far as ranking. Whereas I probably don't see that for Bobby Portis. And then on, on top of that, you know, another thing I don't see for Bob, Bobby Portis is a starting back in the starting lineup. You got the block Panther out there, man. Right. Come on, man. Right. Wendell Carter Jr. And then you got Lori marketing around the corner. So I'm not saying he's, that he's automatically supplanted from the starting lineup, but the likelihood of him starting when he comes back is, is it to me is slim to none at this point. Yeah. I mean, marketing is the better player and, and should start, but him coming back from an injury, you know, I don't, we're not sure when he's coming back. And when he does, even they may bring him along pretty slowly. So, slowly, um, right. and even when even when he's kind of full strength, that doesn't mean that Portis isn't able to soak up twenty five minutes in a backup role. You know, so I think he'll have value. I just think he has too, a few too many holes in his game to be standard league relevant. And I think he just kind of doesn't quite have the same upside that Charge might present. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. And the last one here that we got. Um, this is definitely kind of um, based off of some real life trades that I, that I've had. Uh, <laughs> CP3 or CJ McCollum? Okay, this stems off of depending on the situation in Dynasty League. Are you set up to win this year, or are you set up to win a couple years down the road? You know, it could be like two or, or three years. Because Chris Paul, right now, I think this is going to be close. I ain't gonna say it's his last season. He's got maybe two possibly three years left, but I'd rather look at that. Well, when you're around 32, especially the type of you know player he is, he's got that elite assist, elite still still. But the thing is about him, I'm, I'm looking to trade him, you know, off his value to a team that has the potential to win right now in a dynasty league. Uh, CJ McCollum is 27 years old, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a player that I'm, I'm looking for for a top 50 player for the next few seasons versus Chris Paul. Um, so who would I choose? I would just have to say, depending on the situation, since I'm more of a win-now type coach, if I had the roster team that I believe that I can win a championship, I'm going to go Chris Paul. But if my team is not rostered in the top three, then I'm going to go C.J. McCollum. Okay, so top three in like a 12-team league is what you're saying. Correct, like a 12-team team. Yep. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I, I'm of the mind that I, I go Chris Paul if I'm in the top half of the league. 
Um, okay. And I think he just, I, I think he'll be good for another, like you said, two or three years. I think he'll, I think his game might actually age okay. I don't think he's just going to completely fall off. Um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a smaller guard, obviously, but he's a guy that he just, he's, he's strong for his size. And I, I think he, I think he'll be okay. I think he's, you know, he doesn't rely on sort of, um, you know, Westbrook style type right. of explosion, obviously. He he's, plays a more cerebral game and mm-hmm. he just pr- provides in so many categories. You know, I think I've talked about it before, but I really like players that give you contributions in, you know, more than one or two categories. You know, obviously right. he, he gets you okay points, you know, it's not elite points, but you know, the rebounds for a point guard are great. The assists obviously are always going to be, you know, really good. The steals are always, he's averaging two and a half steals right now, a, a game, which is crazy. You know, the field goal percentage is down from what it usually is, 43.6%. I think that's going to come up. Same thing with the free throw percentage, 77.4. That's going to be in the 80s later. So right. he's already ranked the 17th player in, the, in, in fantasy with sort of the, the, the bad uh, percentages, and I think those will improve. So to me, he has, you know, top 15 potential uh, maybe top 12, maybe depending on how things go. So he's an elite, elite guy that contributes in a lot of categories that, you know, like, like I said, that's always the type of guy that I like to roster on my team. You know, CJ McCollum, obviously he's a younger guy. Uh, he's going to be a better scorer. Um, he might make more threes than, than Chris Paul. I guess right now Chris is averaging 2.4 and CJ is averaging 2.2. So actually Chris Paul is doing better with three point shooting than, than CJ McCollum as well. Um, CJ's got better percentages, but, you know, to me, he's only averaging, you know, 3.9 rebounds, 2.4 assists, less than a steal, less than half a block. Um, those those types of numbers, I just, you know, I don't like for one of my top guys. And so, you know, a few years down the road, obviously, you know, he'll, he'll probably be in a better position than, than Chris Paul. But if we're talking in the next couple of years, um, I'm definitely, I'm going to lean on the Chris Paul side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can I can understand it either way. You know, like I said, if it's if you're in a situation to win now, Chris Paul, um, you know, a few years down the road, CJ may call him and even a little bit more years after that. So moving right along, um, this is kind of in a, in a time of closing up in a podcast um, where going on when games are going on right now. And I'm going to take a clutch shot looking at a few games here. Um, one of the games that actually stick out to me. I'm going to actually say it's the uh, the Phoenix and Philadelphia game. That game ended. Um, you had Phoenix 114, Philadelphia 119. You know, the hype was around Mikael Bridges and see how he was going to do in his first starting opportunity. Yeah, he only had 23 minutes. That's a little disappointing. But, I mean, he still, he still did, you know, pretty decent for what he was given. So 13 points, one rebound, one assist, two steals, shot five for seven and three three-pointers. So I guess my question is, you know, why didn't this man get more leash? Um, they decided to do a little bit of time with Rashad Holmes playing 21 minutes or yeah, 21 minutes in that spot. But it's a, it's a, it's a bright spot to see um, on the Philadelphia side. Cause I know it's one of those things like Jimmy Butler, how they're going to mesh well together. Joel Embiid, he's, he's, he's not having any issues at all. 33.17 rebounds, three steals shot efficient. Um, and then Jimmy Butler, ooh, he only took nine shots, but you know, they're still going to try to fig- figure out how they're all going to mesh well together. He still scored 16 points, uh, pretty much empty stats so almost after that. He had two steals. Uh, ben Simmons, uh, one assist away from a triple-double, so he had 19 points and 11 rebounds. So 
you know, I did pretty good. So deep, deeper leagues, uh, Mike Muscala, that is a player that I had mentioned to, to, to look into, you know, cause he's going to get rotation minutes. Um, tonight he had 22 minutes, 19 points and five rebounds. So with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball uh, to Kevin. Do you have any clutch shots? Sure. Today? Yeah, I just want to touch on you. You did call um, Muscala. I remember seeing that tweet a few days ago as somebody to, to kind of keep an eye yeah. on. Um, obviously, nine for eleven from the line is, is huge. So that that's yeah. that's pretty pretty nice. Um, my clutch shot is going to go to, you know, maybe arguably the best big man in Indiana, uh, Demonis Bonus. Oh my gosh, he got uh, 19 <laughs> points, nine rebounds, nine assists two steals tonight um, shooting a, a cool 77.8% from the, the field. So, it, you know, he's, he's definitely being very productive. You know, I don't want to <laughs> say, you know, that he's, he's obviously significantly better than any other players on that team, but he's a guy that, you know, has been putting up some su- surprising stats. Um, we might see him on one of Jay's upcoming articles uh, on some improved players from the season. Uh, but he's just been looking really good. You know, obviously he's not uh, a good uh, counting. You know, he's he's not going to get you a lot of blocks. He's not going to get you, uh, you know, all the three pointers and stuff like that. Although he did hit two tonight, he went two for two. Um, but you know, he's a guy that you will get you good points and boards and and be efficient with it. Uh, and so, you know, if you need a big man in your league, you can definitely do worse than Sabonis. Yeah, take a big man. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give you a flagrant one. <laughs> Since, since you want to keep digging with this Miles Turner thing, you didn't want to mention his name. It was oh, oh, wait. Oh, is that the other no, guy no, on the team? My no, bad. My bad. I, I, you know, I was trying to look it up, and I couldn't I couldn't pull it up. So <laughs> I tell you what I looked up, though. You remember when you dropped the unicorn a few years ago? You remember that guy? And I added him on my team, and he was, like, rook, almost rookie of the year. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Uh, do, we, do we know his name, or do we not know his well, name? Well, he hasn't really played this year, so I don't, oh, I don't you could, remember. I don't know. Yeah, you wouldn't drop a unicorn. I don't, that's not like you. But maybe we'll maybe we'll know in the next episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, you know, again, thanks for listening, guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin So. Uh, you can uh, find all of our articles at uh, fantasyunicorns.wordpress.com. And uh, again, thanks for listening. And I'll throw it to Starks. Yeah, you guys. Um, you can find me at my uh, Twitter handle at Starks underscore industry. Again, I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar. And also you can find me on Instagram at fantasy unicorns underscore Starks. Again, as I say to you guys, you know, tweet at us, ask us questions, you know, um, you know, reach out to us at at any time. We'll do the best we can to get you the answers as quickly as possible. Um, We have articles coming out. We're having one of our unicorns come back. You know, he took some time off. Jesse will be back to provide some DFS content for you guys and, you know, um, Mike and, and Jay's, we're all doing the best we can to provide you guys daily content. And, and Mike's content right now has been really excellent as, as far as streaming. Um, it's been really hot as far as how he's putting the layout and everything of that nature. So with that being said, and also, you know, as you guys continue to listen to our podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, you know, write a quick review and, um, you know, subscribe, you know, that's going to help us grow to, to make sure we provide the great, the greatness for you, for the unicorns. So with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball to, to Kevin to take us home. All right. Well, thanks again for listening guys. And uh, we'll catch you next time. All right, guys, take a ride.